gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we got the season post-mortem edition uh, for a team we haven't talked about yet, and I, I thought we might just pass him up if we you know, really just didn't have time, but ultimately the people asked for it. So should we talk about the uh, national champion Clemson Tigers? Yeah, they're not even that good. So That's right. I mean, they, they almost lost to NC State, and that is... The sure sign of a, of a bad time for any football also, team, right? Also played tight games with Troy and Auburn. Yeah. Oh, I, also uh, played a tight game with Ohio State in the national semifinal when they beat them by six touchdowns. Beat the snot out of them on national television and forced uh, <laughs> one of the best programs in the country just, you know, totally to its knees. So, yeah, uh, up and down season for Clemson, you might say, who... Uh, yeah, they come back from a season where they're national runners-up, and they come back in 2016 and finish the job. Um, really a, a, an impressive season from Clemson. I think we probably, I mean, this doesn't shock us. You know, I mean, if you had come to us this time last year and said Clemson's going to win the national title, none of us would have been in shock and awe at that, you know, that concept, right? I mean, a team that returned a ton off of a team that had just been runners-up and pushed Alabama to their limits on a national title game, so... We knew Clemson had this in them, but as you mentioned, I mean, early in the season, we had our questions, right? And the first couple weeks of the year, uh, go to Auburn uh, on opening weekend and win by six. That looked questionable. Uh, Next weekend, home against Troy, win by six again. Damn near lost that game. That seemed questionable. And yet, I think in retrospect, if you look at those two and, and... you know, what, what those teams really were, a healthy Auburn team that week one, and then what ends up being a really good Troy team, that's not actually like anything to be embarrassed about or too, too ashamed about, all things told. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Deshaun Watson struggled early in the year, too. Uh, the team struggled early in the year offensively. It wasn't just Watson. It was the offensive line. They couldn't get a running game going. And they still were able to grind out some wins. And I guess, you know, looking back at it, the most surprising game then on the schedule was the near loss to NC State. Um, if, if you, you know, the pit game is what it is. We'll get into that in a second, I'm sure. But, you know, the NC State game, you know, NC State struggles to score points. And Pittsburgh doesn't struggle to score points. And that's why, in my opinion, the near loss to NC State is almost more surprising to me than the actual loss in Death Valley to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's a tough team. They haven't been a great defense the last few years, but they're a hard-nosed defense. NC State isn't a team that, at this point in time, should be competing toe-to-toe with Clemson, and that's exactly what they did in Death Valley. So, you know, Clemson's very lucky they avoided Losing that game, obviously the shank there by NC State's kicker. Don't know his name. It's okay. It's irrelevant. He missed the field goal. Uh, and then, you know, that would have been two losses in Death Valley this year if you coupled that with the Pittsburgh loss uh, a couple weeks later. So, uh, you know, Clemson was very close to not even being in contention for a playoff spot. Uh, you know, a couple things don't go their way, and all of a sudden you're looking at a team that doesn't even have a chance to – uh, make noise in the college football playoff and eventually win the national championship. It really is wild how little moments here and there can so easily change the course of the entire season, right? I mean, so so let's start, you know, going into the NC State game, Clemson is 6-0. and They have beaten Auburn by 6, they beat Troy by 6, then they roll South Carolina State by 59, they beat Georgia Tech on the road by 19, and it probably could have been worse if, if 
Clemson really wanted to pour it on. They beat Louisville at home in a six-point, you know, classic thriller of a game uh, on, a th- on a Saturday night. And they beat Boston College by 46 points. And, and, again, a couple of those things maybe at the time, you know, you look at Auburn and Troy, and they didn't particularly look great against Georgia Tech. Man, like, you know, there's some questions on, like, well, when's the other shoe going to drop for Clemson? They go into that NC State game, and, boy, it looked like that was it. I mean, NC State misses a field goal by just – a hair at the gun that would have won the game. Instead, they go to overtime. Clemson wins and is still in the hunt for the national title. And that's the point, though, that I think all of us were thinking, this is about to go downhill. Am I am I wrong? Well, you know, we can go back to the podcast that we were recording right around that time, and I guarantee you that's exactly what we were saying. It's like, well, this season's about to slip away from Clemson. What's going on here? Is this, you know, how good is this Clemson team? Are they playing a little... Um, playing a little complacently, are they, you know, kind of happy to be where they are, not, you know, where they want to be uh, coming off of a year where they were the national runner-ups. And you look at the NC State game, a couple of really bad turnovers in that game, almost cost them at home. They're very lucky they avoided that that uh, that loss, and they were able to, uh, you know, kind of pull things together uh, following the Pittsburgh loss a couple of weeks after that. So uh, it, it was a very streaky season for Clemson, specifically offensively. I thought the defense was pretty solid all year long. Uh, maybe not quite the defense that we saw two years ago, but they were good enough with that offense when they were clicking, as we saw later in the season, then, of course, in the national championship game. And, you know, uh, even right before a national championship game, you look at the national semifinal, you play Ohio State. Ohio State's not exactly a slouch of an offense, and they shot them out. So defense was plenty good enough. The offense really came around late in the year. And, look, Clemson's national champions for a reason. They had a clicking at the right time of the year, and they got the job done. They were always they always had the talent. It was just a matter of whether or not they were going to put it together um, and really be the team that everybody expected them to be heading into the season. Yeah, after that NC State game, two-week break, go to Florida State, and they win a game that wasn't without a share of controversy. And then they come home, 54-0 win over Syracuse. Pitt is the one blip on the radar, a 43-42 loss. And that was the point where really the, the, the I think the wheels hit the road and, and Clemson was off. Uh, 35-13 over Wake Forest, 56-7 over South Carolina, 42-35 win over Virginia Tech in the ACC Championship, 31-0 domination of Ohio State in the semifinal, and then a 35-31 classic win over Alabama in the national title game. So... Really, I mean, after that NC State game, any one of those games you look at, and the Pitt game is really the only one where you can say, you know, Clemson didn't show up to play in that game. So it's, I don't know if it took a scare or if it was just a, an any given day kind of thing on that NC State game, but man, that could have really changed the outcome of the entire season in reality. Um, I'll say too that the day that, uh, that Clemson lost to Pittsburgh, they were the number two team in the country. The number three team was Michigan. They lost 14-13 yep. to Iowa. And the number four team was Washington, who got beat yep. 26-13 by USC. So that was just generally a wild Saturday of November 12th. Um, and luckily, you know, Clemson was able to recover and, and make it into the playoff, and the rest is history. Georgia Tech also beat Virginia Tech that weekend, which I'd like to forget as well. Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out. So... Yeah, I mean, to your point, I was actually just getting to that. I was going to say that, you know, if they lost any other weekend uh, later than that, they were in a lot of trouble. Maybe they 
don't make the Final Four. I mean, it, it worked it worked out perfectly for them. They were able to sneak in the playoff even after that, and really the, the loss was completely inconsequential. They never fell out of the college football playoff rankings. They were still in despite losing to Pittsburgh. So no harm, no foul. There you pick up the pieces and move on. It's the best possible thing that could happen to this Clemson team is to have all sorts of teams lose right around where they were ranked that weekend. As you mentioned, they were number two. Michigan loses. Uh, you know, Clemson drops the game to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it's it was just a wild Saturday. They, you know, obviously reaped the benefits of that, were able to, you know, remain in the college football playoff rankings the following Tuesday when they were released. And then, uh, you know, from there, just move forward, win, get hot down the stretch, win some games that you need to win, and get to the ACC championship against Virginia Tech where they had a nice showing on to college football playoff. Really a magical season, and of course it ends with a 35-31 win in the national championship game over an Alabama team that wasn't just number one and wasn't just an exceptionally good Alabama team, but if you look at some of the metrics, might have been one of the best college football teams of all time. So what a way to cap off a a pretty magical season for Clemson overall. Uh, We'll we'll talk about here in a little bit, but, you know, ends the career of, of Deshaun Watson, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in recent memory in college football. Really just a, a, a cool season that things kind of turned up the way that they needed to for Clemson and, and ends up with a, a memorable one. And I think for Clemson, like we mentioned, it was a season of streaks. They were able to put it together. They win the national championship. They'll take it. I mean, they weren't undefeated like they were the year before, but it didn't up until the national title game. They lost the only game that mattered that year. This year was a little bit different. They wouldn't have it any other way. They were able to beat Alabama. And look, this Alabama team that they played in the national championship, as talented a defense as we've seen in college football. I mean, everybody was talking about how good they were defensively. And Clemson found a way to put up enough points, scrape it together, to pull it out there late with that pass to Hunter Renfro. Let's look forward, Mike, towards 2017. And first of all, I, I think you'd probably agree with me that Dabo Swinney not, not on the hot seat? Uh, not on the hot seat, for now. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of taking care of his position there, you know. A national title win will, will do that for you. So Yeah, until Alabama comes calling, he's going to be firmly entrenched there at Clemson. And that'll be a whole interesting situation if they do come calling. I, that will. I will be. I hope that we are still doing this podcast when they uh, when they do make that call because I want to talk about that. But You guys will be hitting us up on the Facebook page. That's right. Come find our new Facebook page, Basketball Conference Podcast. Joey, we should uh, really get around to making that. You know? we, well, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, so looking forward to 2017, so there's a couple of staff changes. Um, Clemson is losing their two defensive line coaches, Dan Brooks and Marion Hobby. Marion Hobby, uh, if I'm, I'm making sure I got this straight, I think Marion Hobby heading to the NFL to join the illustrious Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. Go Jags. Go Jags. Uh, Dan Brooks also headed out. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head now where he's going. They're being replaced as a, with a singular defensive line coach. That's Todd Bates. He comes over from Jacksonville State. Kind of a weird you know, place to go find a, a replacement coach if you're a, uh, if you're a Clemson fan. You know, but, hey, you know, don't knock it until you try it, I guess. Uh, and then uh, in the secondary, joining on the secondary is Mickey Kahn, who was brought on before the year as a, kind of an analyst type of position. He'll move into a full coaching spot, coaching the secondary. He's a former uh, coach at Grayson High School, which is a, a big powerhouse program in Gwinnett County outside of Atlanta. So um, I'm sure that has nothing to do with recruiting. So 
Um, a couple of staff not changes. All, right? not nothing at all. whatsoever. No. Um, uh, Let's make it less obvious next time. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, hey, recruiting's what got them to where they were. Um, so, Mike, does that concern you? I mean, the defense has been what's really driven this team the last couple of years, even as good as their offense has been, um, especially losing both defensive line coaches. Should I be worried? Uh, no. Yeah, I kind of wouldn't think so either. But, you know, this is a team that's primed to take a step back. Um, and it's not because, you know, it's, it's by no fault of recruiting. They've recruited as well as any team in the country. It's just eventually attrition on both sides of the ball starts to catch up with you. And the fortunate thing for Clemson is that two years ago, um, it'll be going on three years ago this fall, they lost the most talented group they've had defensively, Clemson. They replaced it with a team two years ago in their first national title run where they uh, you know, make it to a title game and they're playing with a defense that nobody really expected to be as good as they were. Uh, the Shaq Lawson group, uh, Kevin Dodd group. Uh, nobody was expecting that defense to be as good as they were. Mackenzie Alexander took the next step on the outside. I mean, they were just loaded and... You know, it, it was funny. You know, more people didn't really predict that they were going to be as good as they ended up being. And then you had the same thing kind of happen. You know, you lose those guys to the NFL. You have an inexperienced group heading into this season. And then, you know, once again, you found a way to have guys produce in the trenches, the front seven. You were able to get pressure on the quarterback. National title game, what'd they do? They pressured Jalen Hurts. And outside of that one run he broke, he was relatively ineffective from the pocket. A lot of that was due to a Clemson pass rush. They kept him inside the pocket, didn't let him become a playmaker. Now you're moving into the 2017 season. You're losing all, almost all of your playmakers on offense, minus Deion Kane, and Arteva Scott is still in the fold as well. But you're losing Deshaun, Wa- you're losing Deshaun Watson. You're losing Wayne Gallman. You're losing Mike Williams. You're losing Jordan Leggett. The talent on offense is gone. You're losing your talent in the secondary on defense. It's going to catch up to Clemson at some point. I think this is the year it catches up to them. Now, relatively speaking, it's going to catch up to them potentially in a in the mold of two or three losses. It's not going to catch up to them in the mold of all of a sudden they go from national champs to six and six. It's There's too much talent. Dabo and his staff do too good of a job to have that happen. They're not going to take a step back like that unless there are just widespread injuries, um, which is always the wild card. But this is a schedule, Joey, when looking at it, they're going to be able to navigate the schedule pretty well. I mean, there are a t- couple tough games in there. you got to go on the road to Louisville. You play Auburn before that at home, September 9th. The week before, you play at Louisville. You play at Virginia Tech at the end of September. You're at home against Florida State late in the year. But other than that, this is a schedule they should be able to get through. And you, th- you think if they split those four games I just mentioned, uh, they're probably sitting there with two losses and depending on how Florida State's playing, maybe Clemson's back in the ACC championship game with two losses. You know, maybe not a national championship team, but, you know, you could still get yourself into a New Year's Six Bowl. So if that's your if that's your down year for Clemson, you got to be happy with, with where the program's at. And quite honestly, nobody's going to complain this coming upcoming season, given the fact they're coming off a national championship. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'll bring up uh, Dan Brooks didn't leave to go elsewhere. He Well, he left to go to uh, – South Florida and sit on a beach somewhere because he retired. Um, so there are worse Mary, things to do with your time. Yeah, he's playing golf right now. Uh, Marion Hobby, yeah, as we said, go, goes to Jacksonville to uh, coach the Jaguars. God bless. Um, 
The So as you mentioned, though, 2017, very navigable, even with a, a bit of a depleted roster. So Clemson loses their quarterback. They lose their leading rusher, Wayne Gallman. They lose three of their top four receivers, all leaving to go to the drafts. There is a lot of firepower there to replace. Defensively, they lose some of their better players. Carlos Watkins taken off. Ben Bolware taken off. They both graduated. Um, but they bring a lot back, too. Dexter Lawrence, Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, all these guys. There is no shortage of talent coming back on that defensive front at the very least. And it's a little bit of a front-loaded schedule, which is not what you're looking for in, in a year where you're trying to rebuild a little bit. Uh, Auburn, you never really know what you're going to get from them. Week two at home, uh, Louisville on the road. I mean, you just played a, an epic game with them last year, and you know you might get the same thing. Virginia Tech, they got to replace a lot, but they might be just as good next year. I mean, you never know. Like, I mean, as you mentioned, I, I don't, I don't see Clemson beating Florida State next year unless Florida State is something entirely different than we kind of plan on them being. Other than that. I mean, I don't look at the schedule and think that there's a single game that Clemson shouldn't win. Um, you know, it's not to say that they will win all of them, but I kind of have to think that worst case is probably like 9-3 and three here. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I think that is fair because out of the four games, Auburn, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Florida State, I think the one they're most likely to win out of those four is out on the road at Virginia Tech just because Virginia Tech's losing so much on the offensive side of the ball they're bringing back a lot of their defense which depending on who's the quarterback at Clemson it's going to be somebody young <laughs> it's going to be a young quarterback there at the position how are they going to react to the um to Bud Foster's experienced defense now with a lot of third and fourth year starters there but looking at the rest of the schedule home against Auburn you can get that done in Death Valley at Louisville is going to be a very tough game I think I know Louisville's losing a lot on defense. They still have Lamar Jackson. You're bringing a still talented defense on the road. You're losing some of your defensive starters. Are they going to be able to contain Lamar Jackson? If so, I think they can win that game as well. And then you're sitting here thinking, okay, the Virginia Tech game becomes really important. And then maybe you're looking at, you know, if you're going to look at a game before Florida State, maybe you look at Georgia Tech, who's expected to be a lot better next year. Wake Forest, I don't, you know, I don't think they'll be able to score with Clemson really ever. So I'm not, you know, I don't think that's any, I don't think that's a serious game to kind of watch out for uh, before the Florida State game. If I had to pick one, it would be Georgia Tech in between September 30th when they play the Hokies and that November 11th game against Florida State. So really, I think two losses might be the floor in the regular, in the regular season. Um, the ceiling for them is you're undefeated going into the Florida State game. And then you're talking about, okay, can they get to a national championship for a third year in a row? Because if you're undefeated when you play Florida State, everything's clicking. Yeah. I think the sneaky tough game on the schedule, Mike, Friday, October 13th, on the road in the Carrier Dome. Against the Fighting Dino Babers. Hey, that will be the seventh week in a row that Clemson has played, and they'll be playing a Mid, mid-season form, high-flying Syracuse offense on a Friday night at their building. Careful. With our boy Eric Dungy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so just keep an eye out for that one. Meanwhile, Georgia Tech hasn't won in Death Valley since, like, Calvin Johnson was playing. So uh, don't don't put the uh, upset alert antenna up for just, you know, just yet. Um, actually, that's not true. I think it was 2008, I think, was the last time they won in Death Valley. It was Paul Johnson's first year, and I think it was, like, the – first game that Davos Swinney was ever the head coach for after he took over midseason. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the schedule turns out pretty decently for Clemson. They, they should have a lot more talent than most of the teams on their schedule, save for Florida State, and that's probably about it. Maybe, maybe Auburn, but probably not. Um, the other one that's kind of interesting to keep an eye on is that South Carolina game at the end of the year in Columbia. Uh, South Carolina, not particularly good lately, but getting better, it seems. It seems like Will Muschamp maybe learned from his mistakes at Florida, uh, dare I say, and uh, seems like that. They, yeah, seems like they might be uh, improving as well. So, a, a very one-sided rivalry lately that might, uh, you know, might kind of move back towards the middle a little bit here over the next year or so. So keep an eye for that one too. But yeah, I mean it's manageable. Clemson's got to figure out what they're doing on offense, and again, there's no lack of talent there. But just a matter of making sure that everyone's on the same page and. Uh, and, and that they're able to produce at a level that we've kind of gotten used to here the last few years. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in regards to the schedule, I mean, specifically relating to that South Carolina game, I agree with you. Uh, Will Muschamp does have them moving in a good direction. Can South Carolina's offense score with Clemson? And, by the way, can Clemson's offense score with anybody? We don't know yet. Um, they're returning, like, two starters that matter. So we'll find out. Yeah, for those who, who, again, follow Bill Conley's numbers over at SB Nation, uh, Clemson ranks 117th in the country in returning production in 2017. Is that bad? Well, it's better than offensively where they rank 121st. Mm, Not great. So there are just a, you know, not even, you know, a dozen teams that are returning less production than Clemson does in 2017. So if there's time for a step back, it's now. But then again, when you recruit at a level that Clemson does, steps back only are so big. So um, without a real murderer's row of a schedule, it'd be interesting to see what they're able to put together, especially, again, with the, with the big, big game on the schedule coming late in the year uh, in, on November 11th when they host Florida State at their own building. So, uh, yeah, sets it to be an interesting rest of the offseason for Clemson and Trying to find a lot of answers to some tough questions. Yeah, but no questions are all that tough in hindsight when you're looking back at those national championship rings on your finger. So, um, <laughs> look, if it's going to be a down year for Clemson, it won't be too down. I think you and I can both agree that this is a likely, at worst, two or three loss regular season team. And you're going to a pretty solid bowl if that's going to be your down year. But with the way they recruit, who knows? Um, if there's going to be a year, though, that the attrition finally catches up with them, this is it. And if they end up you know, being undefeated going into that Florida State game, which I don't think they will be. I think they'll lose somewhere in the first part of their schedule. But if they're undefeated going into that Florida State game, that's college game day in November. That's all the hype. That's another Saturday night Florida State-Clemson game. I'm all for it. Um, yes, please. Yeah, so, I mean, tickets are $154 right now. So, <laughs> there you go. That's their starting price on StubHub, in case you're wondering. Hey, you could buy, like, seven and a half tickets to the next week's Citadel game if you want to pay that kind of money. <laughs> 856 tickets available from $21. So, that is a that's bargain ACC football right there. Uh, it is. Yeah, I gotta think that if Clemson finishes worse than like nine and three, that something went 
horribly wrong somewhere. You know, someone got they had a, a couple of you know crucial injuries or the quarterback sucked. The running game wasn't any good. A scandal of some sort or yeah. something. Who knows? But Dabo got arrested. Like, yeah, something. I love Dabo. Love him. <laughs> God, I love him. If Dabo Swinney got arrested for some Anything. sort of let's let's keep it non-serious. Let's say a misdemeanor. What would he get arrested for? Is is stalking a misdemeanor? He's like stalking uh, <laughs> recruits. Uh stalking his recruits' mom. <laughs> Specifically, rec- his, his son's mother. Who he re- yeah, yeah. Let's clear that up real quick. Uh, his son's mother, um, also known as his wife. Um, yes. Yes. Let's clear that up before. <laughs> At the yeah. risk of getting ourselves into any trouble. Yeah. Dad will call us up. Bring your own guts, you son of a bitch. Uh, um. I don't know if I can handle like the constant energy of Dabo Swinney. Man, he's just an exciting guy. That's <laughs> what it kind of boils down to. He's an exciting guy. High strung in a good way, maybe. High strung in a national championship type way. I, you know, if I'm a Clemson fan, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alabama fans, there's no way Alabama fans actually like Nick Saban, right? Yeah, no, he's a Debbie Downer. He just mumbles and gives everyone yeah. grief and complains and stuff and complains about how heavy his hands are from all the rings on him yeah yeah i know i know it must be tough to carry around the weight of all those rings on your finger and millions of dollars and incentives on your contract and (laughs) your riverboat and your freaking lake house and you know you're you're recruiting you're recruiting is no longer like it's not hard anymore (laughs) you just say yeah uh we want you to come play here here's a scholarship let us know and then let the chips fall where they may because chances are you go in the homes of 10 five-star recruits and you say yeah you know you can win like three national championships here or you could go play at lsu for ed orgeron who i love also don't want to just shit on him here for totally Um, separate reasons right uh like coach o the guy but if we're going to pick a coach, you're going to play for Saban. Yeah. Right? Everyone's got their cross to bear. Saban yeah. with his unreasonably easy recruiting. I feel for the guy. Yeah, I know. And Coach O's is, you know, <laughs> eating Cajun food and stuff. <laughs> right? Like, uh, everyone's got such hard lives, Mike. I know. He's really rich, too. Or's your on? Gosh, this just gets this is just getting more depressing. It <laughs> all is these, all these tough lives these coaches live. Yeah, as I sit here in my parents' basement recording my podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's get out of here before we make each other any more sad. That's right. <laughs> let's do that. We're getting okay. really damn good at closing these too, which is we are, we are. Uh, yeah, okay, so at the risk of making ourselves or our listeners any more sad, uh, this has been fun. Um, please, if you have feedback, thoughts, anything like that, Andrew Parker, we know you're out there. 
Uh, sorry that we did not uh, reach out and invite you onto the podcast. We will have you on sometime as the podcast number one fan and a big Clemson fan. Congratulations to you and your team on winning the national title. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us emails with your feedback and your questions and all sorts of good stuff to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. You did better that time. That was smooth like butter. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play. And now, Mike, where else can they find us, allegedly? Uh, on Facebook. but Allegedly uh, on Facebook. But don't don't quote me on that. We'll try. Um, yeah, find us on tonight. Facebook. And you'll be able to find our stuff there and have an easier time finding it, hopefully, than on Twitter or wherever. So uh, please go check it out there and like and rate and review and subscribe and do all those neat things in all those places. But uh, Mike's been fun. we got a few more of these to do. You want to come back and do one here in the next little bit? Yep. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Go ACC. Go ACC.